Welcome to SBCA's Lumber Connection Podcast, where we discuss today's market and explore tomorrow's trends. Here's our host, Molly Butts. Hello, and welcome to Lumber Connection. It's the week of January 22nd, 2024, and I'm in the studio with Justin Binning and special guest Joe Griffiths. Both Justin and Joe are from American International Forest Products, or AFP. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Thanks, Polly. You bet. Joe, welcome back. We have had you as a guest before. It's nice to have you back in the studio today. Good to see you again. I guess I can see you. Our listeners can't see you, but... Okay. You bet. <laughs> I think let's just get to the topic at hand. I know you guys are going to have lots of great stuff to talk about today. So what's been going on in the lumber market for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I'll, I'll start us off. Out of the U.S. South, the, the talk of the industry over the past couple of weeks has been weather. Right? Everybody's been dealing with it. Doesn't matter where you're at, West Coast, East Coast, North, South. You've had some sort of inclement weather that is that has certainly been disruptive. So that has really been the kind of the main overarching topic and theme over the past couple of weeks. And what it's done, I think, is what most people would expect it to do, which is slowed consumption. It obviously slows production as well. But as I mentioned in the past, I think the the consumption kind of trumps what the where the production is affected. So all things considered. Now, again, if we date back prior to the holidays, we had a good solid run in the marketplace. We saw a lot of tightening on product and certain items, and we saw obviously the prices moving up. When we got out of there, we got into January, we're kind of, it was kind of standing around going, well, are we going to keep this thing kind of rolling or are we going to kind of enter that consumption or that, that digestion phase, right? And it started to digest and then we get weather. And now we're just kind of finding what's going to pull us out of this, right? And so what we've seen over the past couple of weeks is really the sawmills production outpacing current demand and bottom line. Okay. So you mix that in with the lumber that's been bought, the digestion period that's happened, the mill's ability to continue to run. Now you had some obviously with some downtime there with, with the weather, but overall bottom line right now, the supply is outweighing current demand. And what that's doing is ultimately softening prices. Did feel like today out of certain zones, I should say the east side zone, um, did have some reports that felt like there were some bigger volumes getting done. Um, certain segments, trusts, treaters, uh, your independents, um, a lot of MSR was getting traded, um, what I'm being told. So that was one bright spot. But if you, I talk to people in other zones and they go, like watching paint dry. So okay. there's some people in some pockets that are certainly more liquid than others right now. But overall, it just feels like right now we're just, we're in kind of a, a wait and see phase. And ultimately prices are softening because of that. Yeah, I'm highly optimistic. I think the next couple of weeks are going to be more like what we've seen right now. It's just kind of this grinded out, kind of a fist fight. There's certainly going to be trades out there. You've got to be proactive. You've got to but you've got to be selling lumber from our desk and nothing's coming easy, but there's a tremendous value. When I look over the pricing of lumber, whether it's four inch or six inch, and obviously those being the two biggest movers in yellow pot. And I look over the last year and a half, this is a great time to be buying lumber in terms of the pricing and where it bit. We're on the lower echelon of, of pricing over the last year and a half. So as we move into first quarter, the rain's going to slow down. The days get longer. The days get warmer. Great time to be buying and start stacking up some lumber for spring needs. Yeah, that saving time's coming up in April. 
I've done this since 96 and I am always surprised how history repeats itself and people act so surprised. Inventories, year-end inventories drawn down, people buying for delivery after the first of the year. That always happens. It happened. Then comes bad weather and it's usually January and February. And they seem so surprised. Well, what? it's a second chance is what I call it. But people this week and next week are any opportunities for mills that have rail cars to load that need to move floor stock, you're going to get that second chance and the mills will sell and be right back at list price. Probably the biggest news that happened for us was evening before last, right? When the boards closed everything, West Frazier announces that they're closing Frazier Lake. Now, if you look at uh, how their mills are set up, up north, they have two mills. They call it the North Line, Frazier Lake and Smithers. For the concern here, since we talk a lot about components and trusses, is that mill produces 1650 and they produce eight to 20 foot tallies. And that's one of two mills that do that. So that kind of limits more of that stock going on. But it's something we've talked about for 20 years with the event of the Pine Bark deal that we were going to have less and less production in Canada. And really over the last probably three to four years, it's really showed up with a lot less coming out of there. But you see Canfor, West Frasia, Tolco, Caslin Planers, IFG, all buying land, building new sawmills. So these closures that West Frasier announced, it wasn't that they couldn't sell the wood. Or th- it was just bad spots, old mills. They're building new mills just like they did in Western Canada, which will make highly efficient mills. And these old antiquated mills, they'll just go away. And now they've got a, a great raw material base. So a lot of this is we're seeing here, and I'm sure Justin's talked about a lot more companies are looking rather than having dug fir or spruce or him for as their one and better 1650, 2100, whatever. They're looking to Southern yellow pine. It's more plentiful. It meets all the requirements that they need and are exceeds them in most cases. And you plug in the, the, the factors just like you would for spruce pine fir south, pretty south in the border, all those things that you're going to put in in your design values and, and you'll find so the you know, pine does a lot. Now you do have some issues with in the weather with maybe a little more crook and twist. But you know, it's not something we've all dealt with down the line. So a lot, a lot of good things happening going forward as the production dynamic changes. Canada used to rule the roost. They don't anymore. Okay. So what I'm just gonna recap what I heard you say from like sort of a Cough, think of myself as a commoner. We've got a West Fraser plant that produces primarily MSR grades. Closing. Well, you're not seeing that. Okay. That, that's 120 cars a month, Donald Way. Okay. Okay. So that's not a huge, huge impact on her. Okay. No, by the time you, but if you're looking at the dynamic of Western Spurs, 1650 yeah. and 2100, that's just one more as we've taken away several. Okay. So look at Toco. They used to have both Quinnell. And Williams Lake producing no, MSR. Well, the Quinnell mill's gone. And uh, the Lakeview mill now only runs one shift. So right. little by little, it just goes away. And then some of these new plants that you're talking about coming online, we've been talking about that for a while, TJB. I know that's part of what we talk about every now and then. Do you foresee some of them producing some MSR grades as well? I think they'll have to. They'll have to step up and produce, well, not only... Uh, a one and better, but they, uh, I think they go higher than that. What, what's the, the actual MSR grades, Justin? 
So you, you've got a 2400, obviously, and you've got a DSS product, and then you've got some that'll run, I call it the, the M series, right? So sure. they'll, they'll run a lot of individuals that'll break down to a 1850 or a 2100, which would be an equivalent to. So, but I think you're more of your kind of barometers, like a 2400, right? It, it, that's kind of the, the industry standard, I feel like for pine. I do believe just like Western Spruce did and also coastal and inland U.S. products, you'll get more consolidated grades where there won't be so many that'll be, that'll align more to where everybody's producing the same grades. Okay. When it's going to get a little bit easier too, a little less to choose from, but having more of all. load and have to determine that it makes it easier for the buyers. And sure. let's face it, every mill doesn't want to have 16 different grades <laughs> or put, they want to limit that, which is, we used to have standard and better and two and better. For a long time out of Western Canada, it was all standard and better. Slowly that's gone away. It's all two and better and above. I think that's to that, on that point with what I've learned in my, you know, relatively short term dealing in the pine and different things being made than you could imagine. And to Joe's point, I think it's this, we're kind of, we've hit the reset button, like the slow reboot, but yeah. we're trying to get an industry standard in where it's like, okay, well, this is what we're going to make, but this covers all of this. Well, what right. ends up happening is the industry will demand the standardization. As mills try to sell and they go someplace and guys like, oh, we're not, we're, we're only having one SKU now. Okay, we're not going to keep a DSS and a M whatever and 2400. We're just going to go with these. And as that happens, the mills will, will follow suit. It's always a supply always follows what consumption dictates. And have you guys noticed, obviously I don't want like specific numbers, but have you noticed any impacts either sort of globally or regionally um, on just sort of general pricing as this goes along and we're hearing some of this news? I know, JB, you were saying a couple of weeks ago that, you know, you didn't expect some of these curtailments and or permanent closures to have a huge impact. Is that what you're continuing to notice? I'd say from the West Fraser curtailment, you saw a bump in pricing on the board instantly. And I think that needed to, to happen. And I think Falls, it really did uh, have one of the Western Mills raise their price, which means that their belief going forward is prices will stay where they're at and move higher. And I'm a big watcher of the futures board, not so much for numbers or it's green, I'm going to buy, it's red, I'm going to sell. Is the months out progressively higher? We call it the forward curve. And right. yes, it is. And that tells me that the industry, and it's seldom wrong, the futures board, is a pretty accurate predictor of what's going forward. And prices as we go into the summer, I think we all feel it. The weather gets a little bit better. There's going to be more business. We're going to have to pay more. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Can you guys, and if there isn't, if there isn't much, then we don't have to belabor this, but can you guys touch on transportation a little bit and how maybe the weather has impacted that for the last little bit or what you see coming, if there's anything that's creating any uh, holdups anywhere? Well, definitely when it gets really cold and you're coming out of the northern states in Canada, yeah. they, so the trains are stopped by air on the brakes. As that air gets really cool, they can't compress it enough to so the trains get smaller. Okay. So that slows things down, piles up at the mill. That went from being red across the whole system last week to back to normal this week. And I think all the time I've been here, that one week to 10 days was the first time I've ever seen pretty much the whole continental U.S. 
48 state, freezing cold everywhere. Yeah. Well, my son went in Florida. In <laughs> Florida. And he goes, Yeah, I guess it's better than home, but it's still pretty cold here. Yeah. So somebody just recently told me they woke up to 17 degrees in South Carolina, which I can't imagine was very uh, well received down there for sure. That sounds terrible. Awesome. Well, as we get closer to closing out here, why don't you guys both just give us sort of what you have for advice for the next couple of weeks, what our CMs should be looking for and how to proceed? Yeah, I think in terms of the U.S. South, I think, and Joe made the point too, advantage buyer now, for sure. How long that window stays open, anybody's guess could be a week, could happen tomorrow, could be the next three or four weeks. But I think somewhere in between that time, and we are going to see a shift in momentum in the market. So again, where the price is at historically over the last year and a half, and I like to look at that year and a half because it's we're kind of through the melees of the COVID era, right? And it's like, okay, the last year and a half, I can say, I feel like this sets us somewhat of a, a, maybe the new standard based on housing starts, based on interest rates, where they've moved through that time. And I see it value is what I see in the marketplace in terms of the cost of lumber right now. So a um, lot of positive news, whether that interest rates that have steadied and even declined, builder sentiment, mortgage applications. There's a lot of things that are working positively for us and in favor of for us moving into this springtime of 2024. And again, I, I would say I think it's a good time to be taking advantage of some deals, making some offers and buying some lumber and start building a little bit of inventory for spring. I agree with Justin. Right now, you need to know where your inventory is at, know the items that you need to buy, and the people that you trust out there, tell them what you're looking for. We do a really good job finding stuff if we know what we're looking for. So if I know a customer, and I have a few that told me what their next purchases are, you see a deal, grab it for me. So know what you need. That's the biggest thing. And if you know what you need, you can take advantage because there will be deals on items coming up. So just be ready and, and know what you need. That's the big thing right now. That's excellent advice. I love that. Just work with your traders and figure out where they can find you the deals. I think that's great. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up our episode for this week. Justin, Joe, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your continued expertise and enthusiasm. It was so nice to be back in the studio with you today, Joe. And as always, I've enjoyed our time together. I'll be a brief and look forward to the next installment of Lumber Connection. This has been a Lumber Connection podcast by SBCA. If you have a question you'd like a guest to answer on a future podcast, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.